0: All the stuff that's stacked against me and I still pushed through with me being black, with me being gay, with me being fat, with me being crash, with me being loud, obnoxious, with me being an ex-porn star, all of this stuff. So what, what you should take from these things is this bitch don't let nothing stop her.
1: Stay tuned. We'll get into this conversation right after these quick ads. Hey, Raindrops. Today's guest on Reality for King is a trans icon and queer activist. She's been on the big screen. She also collaborated with Beyoncé, honey. And now she's hosting Bring Back My Girls, on the Wild Presents Plus streaming app. Yes, I'm talking about my good sis, T.S. Madison. We get into how we met, how she ended up on the Renaissance album, why she thinks RuPaul is an icon, and who she thinks should've won season 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race. So without further ado, let's get into my chat with T.S. Madison. Maddie, I need to give you your flowers before we start this conversation. I am so proud of you, and I want to share a story to my listeners that Maddie has no idea I'm about to say this.
0: I don't. (laughs) I'm so nervous. I'm scared.
1: Don't be nervous, my Libra, sis. Okay, because we're both Libras, which means we're good people. Okay, Yes. fine. A few years ago, I had the pleasure of meeting T.S. Madison at her home, we were working on a show about real estate, and T.S. Madison was um, going to appear on the show. Um, Long story short, I knew of her, but I didn't know her. And during the filming process, you know, listen, she's a pro, she did her thing. We were able to really sit down, have a conversation. And... She told me about her dreams, her aspirations, what she wanted to achieve in life. And this is around 2015. And then (laughs) I said, keep in touch with me, because I I know a star when I see one. And then fast forward, a few years later, I met her again, downtown L.A. (laughs) She just got um, done going through this very crazy process with a former... Um, co-host of hers, and she was working with a mutual friend of ours. And I had another sit-down conversation with her. And I was like, bitch, I want to work with you. I love you. Long story short, it didn't happen, but I was always aware that the stars were going to be aligned for you. And I remember telling you, like, you are going to be a big star one day, and I just want you to know you 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 stay being a good person. Don't be mean, don't be messy, be a good girl, and I promise you, you're gonna achieve everything. And bitch, in 2020 <laughs> motherfucking two, you are not only starring in movies, you're not only working alongside Queen B Beyonce, you are hosting a new show with World of Wonder, and you are just achieving every single thing that your heart desires. And I wanted to share the story first before we get started cuz I want people to know your dreams may not come true when you want it. Right. But it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And I'm not here to tell people to um go to church every day or whatever, but you must you must have a relationship with God in order to achieve your highest success. Because when you are going through stuff that I went through, T.S. Madison went through, and you feel like, "God, I'm still here, don't forget about me," you can sometimes think like, "I guess my time ha- is, has passed." And T.S. Madison is an example of somebody who was patient, and she's now prospering, so I just wanted to say that.:
0: Thank you, Carlos. And listen, we still have work to you and I still have some work to do. Yes, because, listen, I'm definitely a needed. Component to the housewives of something. <laughs> yes. Definitely a needed component. I mean, I, my credentials are growing by the day of, you know, where I stand at in the entertainment business. So, you know, it's not like I'm just some random entertainer, you know. I'm the T.S. Madison, honey, you know, sampled by the greatest. Um, And I have the this, uh, this show, Bring Back My Girls, on uh, Wild, Wild Presents Plus. Uh, World of Wonder has been my family for a very, very long time, and I have to say, World of Wonder has been an intricate part of my journey because they create such niche um, content that reaches a, a mass audience, and people get it when they see World of Wonder productions. You know, people get it like they they understand that it's 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 eclectic, and it's colorful and it's loud, live, and in color. And I fit, you know, right into that space uh with, with our world of wonder. And I have to say that when we first met each other, World of Wonder was producing, selling it in the ATO, along with you. Like you guys were doing it together. Yes. Y'all y'all did it together. And they said they slid me into that like, hey, well Maddie, you know, because you know we want to get you get your foot wet because you know we're going to try to work on your Reality television show then. And that I was supposed to have a reality TV show back then. And, you know, they were still trying to find his footing. You guys were on TV. Mm-hmm. And that was my first introduction to TV was through your show, selling it in the ATL. And I met Lauren. I think Lauren, was, yeah. Lauren came out to the house, and she sat down on this chair in here. And we were talking about Mary Mary. And I was very, you know, Carlos, I've always been raw and candid and always been exactly who I am. And she said, um, I said, yeah, girl, I watch. I'm I'm a fan of We TV. And I watched um, Mary Mary. And I said, girl, the way y'all doing that storyline with Tina and da, 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 da. And she said, well, what do you think about it? I said, do you really want me to tell you what I think about it? <laughs> and she said, yes. And you don't ask T. S. Madison her real, honest opinions about something because you're gonna get just that. And I'm, we left your set. We left from doing this, selling it in the ATL, and we went. We I went home. I mean, they went home. And World of Wonder called me and they says, "Maddie, what did you say? Because WeTV wants to give you your, a show." And everything else from there has been it's been magic from there. Like you know, it took the process, whatever. I've been on a journey for a very long time, and so I have several shows. I have the T.S. Madison experience, but I have to bring back my girls. Listen, bring back my girls. I I have to tell you how honored I am to to be a host on this show because I get the opportunity to sit down with the contestants from from various seasons and um from uh, the uh, different parts of the franchise. And there's so many different personalities, so many different girls that come in, and they and they and I get to moderate and and host this panel of of, of girls who are extremely talented, and I'm sitting in the space, and God, I hate to say this, but I feel like mother.
1: Mm-hmm. It's okay to say like that. I feel like RuPaul.
0: I feel like RuPaul sitting there, like these are RuPaul's girls, but these are my girls, honey. You know. Especially being such a huge um, factor in the LGBT Uh, community—white, black, Spanish—like just that's the entire spectrum of the community—and being a figure in that community, and all the girls come in there from from UK, Canada, you know, from all the places, from all the franchises, and, and, and we're sitting here, and they love me, and they respect me, and I get to talk about how amazing their season was of the show. It's crazy.
1: No, it's it's beautiful and it's long overdue and as somebody who loves RuPaul's Drag Race, huge fan of the show since the early days of it being on Logo, honey. Like, mm. and and just being a, a gay black boy from Detroit, Michigan, um, knowing RuPaul, you know, courtesy of his music videos back then and just seeing what she's been able to accomplish now. So, Honey, I'm a part of the Drag Nation, and your show is so good. You're in your element. I call a couple of episodes. You are right front and center talking to these queens, and even watching episode two, when you had, which, listen, this may be controversial, but I'm going to say it. (laughs) The season 12 cast, to me, is the best um, cast of Drag Race history, in my opinion. I love season 12, they had the personality, the look, and seeing you with those girls made me just, like, I was like this little boy thinking like, bitch, today is Christmas because I'm happy. <laughs> what we noticed in that episode, though, was Jada Essence Hall wasn't there, and she was right. the winner of that season. So what happened?
0: Well, uh, you know, we filmed it in front of a live audience at DragCon, and, um, you know, um, at the time, you know, maybe, maybe she, maybe her schedule couldn't permit her to attend DragCon. Um, but what I did find is that you know, we played off of her absence. And when I said, um, "Well, since the winner of the season isn't here, do you think Ru picked the wrong girl?" You know, just to, you know, you have to, add, you know, be a little spicy to add a little spice to it. And every girl, you know, it, it was just, it, it's just fun. All the girls love each other, and they all respect each other. And what was the most honorable thing to me in that situation was remember season 12, they never had the opportunity to have a reunion. Yeah. They never had a chance to have a reunion because of COVID. And so this was their first time sitting down, you know, with with with, with the cast and having a real reunion. And honey, I was the host of that reunion. I was like, okay, <laughs> yes, honey. Yes, I'm standing in for mother. Yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. You
1: were the host of that reunion, but I'm the host of Reality with the King podcast. So I got to ask you the same question. Who do you think should have won season 12 if you think it wasn't Jada? Oh,
0: God. Um, uh, listen, Mo Hart was there. Like, uh, Heidi and Closet. Like, it's so much talent on that stage. And looking at the runway, looking at the looks, like looking at how the girls battled, you know, that season, that would be it. Was, would be hard. It, w- it would be hard to to pick. So I'm not gonna let the fans claw my eyes out, y'all. <laughs> 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 I'm, not, I'm, not gonna, I'm not getting into that battle, honey. Oh. I'm not about to let them dog me out like that, child. No.
1: Uh-uh. You already know. Yeah. No, listen, Jada Essence Hall deservingly won. She's beautiful. Yeah. She's talented. I mean, she was the star of that season. Gigi Good was an excellent runner up. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest, and listen, this takes nothing away from Jada. I thought Gigi Good was going to win just based on the um, you know, she she was never in the bottom two. And I I mean, when when the bitch did that Madonna um, imitation and she did a fucking cartwheel to the point where Mother Rue even gagged, I said, oh, this bitch, Gigi Good is so good, she's going to win the damn thing. But Jada won, deservingly so, and that was the beauty of season 12 was, to your point, Heidi and Closet and all these other amazing queens, everybody to me was a star that season and to see you on your show, give them their flowers too. I just think you're so perfect for that. So, did RuPaul single-handedly request that you host this brand new show?
0: Um, you know, I would like to think that mother single-handedly requested me to to uh, host the show. But, you know, World of Wonder knows that, you know, the queens know that I'm a, a staple in the community. Mother knows I'm a staple in the community, you know, because this is why I judge drag race, too. You know, when, when they call me to do drag race, I judge, judge some, you know, judge the season sometimes. So, you know, it was just a perfect thing. Like, the, the people love to see me with the queens. They love to see me because I'm not a drag queen. I'm a, I'm a trans woman, but I, I am into drag. Like you're not a drag queen, you're a gay identified black gay boy, mm-hmm. but you're into drag. Mm-hmm. and so you have to know that once again, the drag is not an identity. it's an art form. And so like you know and and you can be pieces of everything and still be involved in drag, you know? and so I love, I loved being there. I loved doing the show. i I loved, you know, being a part of it, and I, yes, I do think that mother single-handedly <laughs>
1: asked. Yes,
0: yes, because she's the mother. I'm the aunt, honey. Yes,
1: yes, yes. No, I, <laughs> I, 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 love Mother Ru. And what is so interesting about you know the Drag Race fans, and we'll we'll get into them and dissect it in, in a second. But RuPaul is someone I've always admired because. She's always been fearless. And again, I grew up in the 80s. And in the 80s, it's not like it was now where I feel like, obviously, it's much more accepting to see a drag queen and to see a female performer or female impersonator, however you want to call it. She is such a trendsetter. She broke ground. And she's a legend and icon in my eyes. Mm-hmm. When you are someone of that stature, obviously that comes along with haters. And yes. there's a lot of people who say things like, well, RuPaul don't do much for the Black community. RuPaul don't do much X, Y, and Z. You're someone who knows her personally. What can you tell the listeners about RuPaul that we may not know and your relationship with her?
0: Let me tell you something. Let me just say this, okay? And I say this and I have to stand on this for my even my own self. My existence... Her existence, that is her activism. That is her advocacy Mm. for her community, for our community. She's a six foot tall black gay man who who grew up in the 80s, who, you know, had to fight against racism, who had to fight against her own people, not want to accept her as, you know, because they see you you know, doing things with white people. Now you're too, you know, now you're too white. You you don't do enough for blacks. You do so much for blacks. Now 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 you're pandering to the white folks and all this stuff. Her existence, her presence, her, her just being, her contribution to society is her winning. She's black. She's gay. She's femme. She's everything. And she has fought numerous obstacles and has gotten through and has created a show, a platform that reached back and gave queer people of all races, colors, and creeds an opportunity to come and introduce themselves to the world. That is her activism. That is her advocacy. And she don't have to, she don't have to respond to anything. Her show does that. Her platform does that. It does. People say to me, "Oh, Madison, well, we, we, well, what do you don't, you don't do enough for trans people, this and the other." I'm like, "Honey, I'm a trans woman existing.
1: Mm. I'm
0: a trans woman that's out here fighting for her job, her career. So what you need to do from that, learn something from this. (laughs) In the words of Tyra Banks, yes, learn some, take pieces of this. Like I can't take your hand or walk you to the ward and have you drink it, girl." You know, I can't, I can't make you drink, I can lead you there. You can, I'm the example. I'm the example of all the things, all the hardships, all the all the controversy, all the stuff that's stacked against me, and I still pushed through with me being black, with me being gay, with me being fat, with me being crash, with me being loud, obnoxious, with me being an ex porn star, all of this stuff. So what what you should take from these things is. This bitch don't let nothing stop her. Nothing. That is my contribution. That is her contribution.
1: I hate to interrupt, but stay tuned for more. We'll be right back after these quick ads. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into the show. I'm getting so emotional right now because I never heard anyone articulate it the way you did. When you said her existence is her advocacy, I think about Oprah Winfrey. I mm-hmm. think about Beyonce, which we'll get to in a mm-hmm. second. No, shade. I think about myself. Yourself, because- Carlos. Come
0: on, hold on, before you even go there. Carlos, I'm just going to keep it a buck with you. When we were doing the T.S. Madison experience on WE TV, I, may, I talked to World of Wonder, who I love immensely, and I explained to them, I need black producers. I need black and brown workers. I need to see black and brown faces. I need to see black and brown people here. I did not know how small. I did not know how tight it is. So it took us a second before we even got into production because, because they understood that. And they're like, Massive, we we're gonna go in here. We're gonna find you, black and brown people, to work so that you can feel comfortable to do your show, so that people can get it, so that you can be around, and everybody knows the little nuances and stuff that we don't have to explain because culturally, there are differences, and that that's that's not shady or anything. There are cultural differences, and so we need to be able to understand that. They there were very small producers, okay. When you look around this world, there's Carlos King. You're at the top of the list for a black producer. You have to pat yourself on the muck and back for that. You're at the top of the list for black producers that have done things. You've given us major television shows. And I want to take my time and say thank you and honor you for that. Some of them shows are a little messy, but we needed it. <laughs>
1: Well, well, thank you for that. No, I love you and I appreciate you. And that's why I, I can relate to what you're saying because I feel like when you are a black person and you reach a certain level of success and you have a mainstream audience and, you know, listen, through the grace of God and my, my hard work and my experience and this podcast has reached many demographics and I have this mainstream-ass podcast and this mainstream career where white women love me and I'm able to achieve things that my brain never thought I could. And mm-hmm. I, I, it hurts me when people feel like, oh, where you need to do more for the black community when at the end of the day, I appreciate what you're saying because I have given more opportunities to black people than any other person in unscripted television in the history of reality TV. I have given so many black people their first executive producer credits. I am somebody who believes that when you are given a chance to walk through a door. Baby, you need to be Harry Tubman and bring more people on with you to put them in positions. And You can't bring everybody, though. You can't bring everybody. No, you can't. You can't, because not everybody... You gotta everybody, bring the right people. You gotta bring the right people. And, and, and that's what I'm even learning now. And Beyoncé even had to go through that in her career to the point where Saturday Night Live did a skit a couple of years ago. Listen, it's it was funny, but... The the topic was... I mean, the skit was about um, the day people realized Beyoncé was Black. And this is after Formation came out. And Beyoncé, up until that point, wasn't doing music that really focused on, you know, what was happening in the world. And you are somebody who is on her Renaissance album. Yes! How did that come about to where you're already working with one icon named RuPaul Charles... And now you're working with the mother of music, Beyonce. Giselle knows Carter. Like, yeah. How did that even happen, Maddie?
0: Well, how it happened was, um, you know, uh, they reached out. Um, you know, George Floyd was murdered, and um, during that time, another trans woman by the name of e- Ayana Dior was um, beaten, and it, it happened in the same city, the same week. And, like, nobody was, nobody, there was no outrage of it. There was no, you know, there was no protest about it, you know. And she was beaten by, like, a store full of black people. And so, I'm like, the spirit told me to go downstairs and just rant. I was angry about George Floyd. And I was also equally as angered about Iana Dior being beaten by all of these people. And, like, there's nobody outraged about it. And so I needed to make say speak to my people and say hey bitch I'm black. I'm dark skin, I'm am I'm, I'm all the shades of black, but I'm also trans at the same time. So when we when we're fighting on the front lines of black skin matters, all of it matters. All of it. We as black people have to we we have to be protectors of of all of us, not pick and choose which one of us that we're going to be, you know, the protectors of, or which one we're going to fight for. Because at the end of the day, we're all black. Mm -hmm. What about our black queer people? What about our black, you know, our black lesbian, gay, like everything that falls under the queer spectrum. What about us? You know, why do we, why must we continue to alienate, you know, all these people in our community that's, when do we stop being black? Does does black stop it being gay? Does black stop it being queer? Does it stop it being trans? No. And so I ranted about it and they, they got a hold of it. And like, you know, and Beyonce was doing, was working on her album during that time. We just didn't know it. And so they reached out to me. I didn't know it was Parkwood. I thought it was just a, a random uh, company that was reaching out to me that wanted to sample my voice because they they was like oh my god this this statement was so powerful like if you watch the video like it's a very powerful video because Funky Daniva reached out to me and was like girl she said, sush you did something when you did this video and I was like oh because you know Daniva is real into you know pro black mm-hmm. and stuff like that it was a- and so. They reached out to me. They they sampled it. They gave me some money. I didn't pay it any attention. And then I was out eating with a friend in L.A. And um, my, my friend, who was also a part of the placements of the album, was like, girl, you're going to gag. And I was like, well, girl, what are you talking about? I was like, girl, they played sampled your voice and stuff. You know, the record, they sampled it in Croatia. And um, the people went crazy. And I was eating my chicken. I was like, yeah, girl. I was like, okay. Then it came back, and I was like, Croatia. Like, so they doing a test audience to like listen to this stuff. Like, well, what? Well, what is, what is it that they like? What is it, you know? And then I started thinking, like, well, who's black? Like, who would take that piece of that and say black? Like, who is who's black? I was like, Kendrick I was like, oh well, Kendrick Lamar ain't really fighting for no, no thinking about no trans people or nothing like that. So then I was like, Rihanna. I said, well, she did no music, <laughs> you know. You know? I was like, Beyonce? Nah. So I went back to eating. And I was like, this could be Beyonce. And then it just went away because nothing, nothing had happened, you know. Then we fast forward to July of this year. And I was I was coming home from uh Costa Rica. And when I was coming home from Costa Rica, <laughs> my email was going crazy. And it was like, Master, we need you clearance. We need you to give us clearance for song two. I was like, well, what is... Who is...
1: What?" It's still an anonymous email without the parkwood.com address.
0: Well, I... It it said Parkwood at the bottom. Okay. But I didn't pay it any attention. I wasn't paying attention to it like that until I sent it over to my lawyer. And my lawyer's like, bitch, this is Beyonce. (laughs) I love that your lawyer said, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is Beyoncé, girl! Are you kidding? Why have y'all not responded to this email? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the rest is history. I'm so proud of you because it, it sort of gives you your, your permission and your clearance to to sort of say, in the words of Beyoncé, I am that girl. Like, I'm, I'm that girl, and... When you think about your life, and you said this earlier, and this is the only reason why I'm talking about it because you said it out your own mouth, because I want to make sure that I wasn't being disrespectful. But you know, you talked about obviously being a porn star at one, one point uh, in time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And one thing that I'm a bit advocate for is sometimes in your life, you're gonna do things that, you know, you get older, you may say, Okay, I've done that, but it doesn't, it doesn't um Dictate. It does define me and dictate who I am for the rest of my life. And I I look at you, a a former adult star who is now starring in movies and, and hosting. During that time, did you ever think, Maddie, that while you were going through that time in your life being a sex worker, that you would be somebody who has a freaking... Sample on a Beyonce song.
0: (laughs) A sample on a Beyonce song. A television show in her name. Uh multiple shows, multiple movies, universal pick, like so much. No, I didn't. I knew that I was gonna do something that's because my ambitions and my dreams were bigger. I thought I was gonna do some huge stuff in the in the adult film industry, like like, you know, create, you know big films and the adult in the film. You know, I was like, okay, God, this is where I'm at. I'm just going to make the best of it. I'm going to make the most that I can from it. But I also still had dreams and aspirations outside of that. And because I had dreams and aspirations outside of that, I just continued to work, you know? And social media came, became like, a, it became like a, a machine for me because people were able to see me outside, see me with my clothes on. And see me outside of that. Like, th- that was survival stuff, child. I wasn't thinking about, you know, I just needed to survive at the time. This is what, the path that I'm on now is the path that I've always wanted to be on. Like, I've always wanted to be, mean something. Not just a star, but mean something. Like, my presence means something. Me being on that album means something. Because that statement that I made, talking about Iana Dior and talking about um, George Floyd that meant something to the world at the time and for a for a global phenomenon like Beyonce who has resonated and gotten deep down into her blackness to put her voice mesh her voice with mine signify the power of what I was saying and I always knew that I was bigger than just being naked Mm. I just had to be naked at the time to survive. Mm. But honey, when I put those clothes on, oh, that's when, that's when the real power stepped in.
1: I love all of this. (laughs) And, and not only that, you just got done starring in a big movie called Bros. And Mm -hmm. I got a chance to see it doing opening weekend because I want to support you and Miss Lawrence. Because y'all are my girls. And Guys and ladies and everyone, if you haven't seen this funny. movie, go see it. But but not only is it funny, Maddie. You are funny. You are you're meant to be an actress, and this is no shade, because you know I don't lie. I, I I just keep my mouth shut if I don't if I feel differently. You have this presence on camera where you drew me in, and I thought, and this is not me being shady, I thought. You should have had a bigger role because to me, you were just so... I thought I should have had a bigger okay. role, too. <laughs> so you didn't say anything. Hey, okay. You're not saying anything. Here. I want to be respectful.
0: But it's okay because, listen, I love you because this is what you do. And I, so this is why we love each other. I thought I should have had a bigger role, too. But, you know, I didn't I didn't need to come in and outshine, you know, whatever. I, I understood my presence and what, what I was supposed to do and, and what my place was. And also... You know, I'm also growing as an actor, as and as an actress, because I'm used to being able to free ball. I'm used to reality. Like where I'm able to walk in the door and you know, there's no per- the the only parameters I need to stay in is don't throw a bottle. You know, but <laughs> the, you know, you have parameters in there, and I had to learn how to, you know, like this is this person's part, this is their words, this is this is you know, in the reality world, I'm able to free flow. And just like with bring back my girls. I understand that these, even though I am a huge personality, these this is these girls' time, and this is their time to talk about their experiences on the show, and this is their time to talk about you know, you know the ups and downs in their lives and what the show meant to them and, and how it changed their their lives and, and the the dynamics of you know the way that their lives is going, and I interjected here and there, you know, giving pieces of advice and words of encouragement. Like, well, you know, one of the girls was talking about how she wanted to, you know, hurt herself because she was, you know, experiencing lots of distress from people online. And I said, girl, let me explain something to you. As much of an icon and as much as a a figure that you see me am, I struggle with those things too, because no matter how tough your skin is, there are things that can penetrate. If you poke it enough, it will penetrate if you poke it enough but what you have to understand is that those people that are poking at you they could not walk a mile in your shoes and so lots of times people are poking and stabbing at you because they don't have the courage to be who you are and so know that you are stronger than those people and and, and for me to be able to sit there and tell tell you know the one of the contestants this on the show at the reunion was a, was a magical and magnificent thing for me because I was ministering back to myself. Like all the great things that have happened, all the stuff that goes on in my world, people still poke and sometimes it gets through, but bitch, they ain't fucking with me.
1: <laughs> oh, they ain't, they ain't. And, and guys and girls and everyone go see the movie. She's really good in it. And I got two more questions for you, but, um, um, Billy Eigner did a tweet saying he believes homophobia played a role in people not seeing it and then not breaking records, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what do you feel about that? Because one thing that I, I will say, and this is me creating shows, and I know what it's like to get a show canceled. I know what it's like to have a show be a hit. As a creator, I'm always like, Well, bitch, at least one person saw it. <laughs> I just that's just me. Um, do you agree with that comment about the reason why it didn't do as well? Or do you think, bitch, for a first gay movie? It did damn well.
0: I think for the first gay rom-com of its kind to premiere from a major motion picture, we, we were in the... we were it, They didn't do the projected numbers, but we were... Out of 10 movies that was released, we were number four. We were number four. Out of 10 movies that were, we were... Out of the top 10, we were number four. And so when the day is done, girl... We can we can say that yes, homophobia does play a lot of part in a lot of things that, you know, that that are centered around LBGTQ that makes it, you know, rocky. But at the end of the day, the responsibility lies upon the girls. The girls have to get out and support the girls because we are already in a system where people look at, well, if they don't. They're not supporting themselves. How can we expect everybody else to, how can we put anything else out? They're not going to watch that. And here's where where we we are our own worst enemy. We must know that it's our numbers that count, not theirs. Mm. It's our numbers. This is why when you drop a new show, you might not see me being one of the people that watch it. I'm one of the people that's watching your show Mm -hmm. because I know that there are this many black producers of television out there. And I know that in order for things to continue to for me as also now an executive producer of things, I need to show up for you so that your neighbors can grow, so that people can show up for me, for, so that my neighbors... I need you to win so that you can continue to open the door for me. They need to look at yours and say, well, Carlos is a black gay man mm-hmm. who's created these shows, so it could work. Yes. Yes. We have, to, we have to show up for each other. We have to show up for each other. And I think that the fault is not within the straight community. It's not the straight community's fault because I don't expect no straight bitch to do anything for me you know, I don't expect them to do a fucking thing for me. My sisters, you
1: better be there. <laughs> yes. And be there with her new show, Bring Back My Girls, bitch. Oh, wild, So let them know. Presents if, Plus. Yes. Be there
0: for um, for Bring Back My Girls on Wild Presents Plus, honey. Download the app. It ain't, it ain't, it's not expensive, honey. You got Netflix. Get the damn Wild Presents Plus because it has, it has our content. It has our content. This is for us. Yes. You can, the straights can watch it. That's good if they watching watch it. And learn stuff. But, girl, this is for us. Like,
1: and it's good. I, 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 and it's good. I got a sneak peek of three episodes. And, and I'm telling y'all, it's good. And you better watch it. Watch it. So, my last question is that I want to play a quick game with you. It's called okay. the fandom question. Uh, you and I love reality TV shows. And okay. I've had this debate. I'm going to play along with you. But I want to get the Queen Maddie's opinion. Okay. Okay. Every reality show has fandom. Like, the fans are intense, right? We love Uh them, but they could be a little intense. So, I have three shows. The Real Housewives franchise, Uh the Bachelor franchise, and Drag Mm -hmm. Race franchise. Out of those three shows, which fan base is the most... Intense in the sense of they will read a bitch for filth. Honey, you are
0: not going nowhere with the with the (laughs) game. The Drag Race fans will tear you to pieces. The Drag Race girls will let you hold it, okay? There, the you don't want a day of the Drag Race fan. (laughs) They tears mother up. You let mother don't crown who they want. They be tearing mother up for, for months to come. <laughs> they claw on the inside. What? <laughs> the drag race fans are almost as deadly as the barbs. Ooh! And you know the barbs ain't nothing to be tampered At with. At all, bitch. It's the barbs, then the beehive, because the beehive is deadly too. But barbs, the
1: barbs are, are above the beehive in terms of fandom, baby. So, okay, and it's funny. So I, I agree with you. So is is drag race, the barbs, the beehive, than housewives. <laughs> yes. Cause housewives is, is they deadly to them. <laughs> oh, oh, they are. They deadly. Trust me. They,
0: the housewives are deadly.
1: Oh, baby. They go in, and in, in. Okay, so they full of because <laughs> oh, okay. they full of queens too. I- they full of queens too.
0: But they older queens. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They look older queen. It's them young girls. You know, drag race appeals to a mass audience, and they appeal to a ma- audience <laughs> of young people, like, of all ages. But those young girls, listen, you you put a blade in a young bitch hand and watch you get cut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> Maddie, thank you for gracing me with your presence. I know you are a very busy girl. Yes. So thank you for yes. taking time out to be on Reality with the King, and let the yes. let the listeners know where they can find you, follow you, and support you, my love. Listen,
0: I am all things at the real TS Madison, or just TS Madison. You'll find me, honey. Instagram at the real TS Madison, YouTube at the real TS Madison, Twitter TS the real TS Mad. I like I'm, it's just I'm just TS Madison everywhere. And Carlos, I got a a great project idea that me and you need to sit down with World of Wonder and talk about because I need you to get me on BET Plus. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I need some black, I got some black stuff that I'm ready to put, get together for BET Plus, honey. That's vicious. Well, holla at your boy.
1: Yes! All right. Well, thanks, Maddie, girl. I love Thank you. Thank you, baby. I love you, too. I am so happy that I was able to catch up with my good girl, T.S. Madison. She is such a gem. And look, I am really proud of her because she really wanted to be the woman that she's become. Taking over Hollywood, the music industry, and look here, T.S. Madison, when you get a Parkwood box, bitch, give Beyonce my address, girl, because I want one too, child. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Wednesday and Friday share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag realitywiththeking. Reality with the King is a production of More Sauce by Stitcher. It is executive produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley Brown. We are also produced by Lachik Lotus Lee and Brandon Nix. Engineering and music by Marcus Hum.
0: More Sauce.